I am so excited. Gosh, this is my passion. So I'm so excited to be here to be able to bring this word that I really feel like the Holy Spirit, not that I feel like, I know that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart to share with you guys tonight. So um, I am Kelsey Brooks. I have been married to Tyler Brooks for two and a half years. So yes, give him a round of applause for for putting up with me. Um, Again, I'm so excited to be here tonight. I am a mental health counselor. I work primarily with um, teenage girls. So um, you guys remember being a teenager. It was a weird time, and I work just strictly teenage girls. Um, And our program is designed for students that, for whatever reason, whether it is um, charges, they've been in the system, they've been in jail, um, for whatever reason, they are not able to be successful in a regular public school setting. So they're all over the spectrum, you guys. I mean, it's behavioral issues, it's mental things, it's their home environment that is just really, really crappy. Um, And so that has brought out a completely different level of passion for this area of mental health in my own life. So if you guys did not know, okay, just dealing with your own stuff, one in every five people at some point in their life will experience some kind of mental health condition. And so that means that there are a lot of people in here, if not everyone in here, that will experience some level of mental health struggle in their life. But what's even crazier than that is that half of the mental health issues or conditions that are developed happen before the age of 14. And so that in itself shows that there is something that goes on in our life. We don't just hit our 20s and 30s and hit adult life and go, whoa, what happened here, right? Like there are plenty of things that go on in our life. And I'm just, I'm not here just to talk to you guys from a mental health professional standpoint, but also to bring my own personal experiences to you guys. So I'm going to share a little bit about myself because I, too, have a mental health journey of my own. Um, Growing up, my father was never around, and that was mostly because he was in and out of jail for his own addiction and substance use issues. And then, I don't know, at some point, I started using negative coping skills um, to deal with the flashbacks of sexual trauma that I had experienced from childhood well into my 20s. I've experienced history of an eating disorder, disordered eating, um, covering up the pain from toxic relationships and other things that I had experienced with drugs and alcohol. Um, And even now, like the adulting and the stress and the irrational fears that come out of regular everyday life. I don't know what's going to happen to my husband when he leaves the house. And so I stress over that. But also, you know, our our everyday life, there are stressors that we deal with and we learn to cope with, and that's what mental health is. That's where it stems from, our ability to deal with the things that come up in our lives. So why do I share this stuff with you? Because while our journeys may not be the exact same, I want you guys to remember that there is hope for you wherever you are in your journey, whatever that looks like for you. And if you're someone that is walking through mental health 
crises on a daily basis, or if you're someone that's like, I don't even know how I ended up here tonight, I truly believe that there is a word in here for you. Um, Your feelings are valid. Your experiences are real. And while these experiences have influenced the person that you are today, those experiences are not your identity. And that is the point that I'm going to continue to drive home to you guys tonight because what I realized from walking through my own experiences and then watching teenagers on a daily basis, I am reminded that there is an attack on our identity every single day. And so with that, I need you guys to know, like the diagnoses that you have received from your doctor, any flashbacks from any kind of trauma in your life, cycles of addiction and abuse that you watched your family or friends go through, or even your own behaviors of addiction or abuse, whatever that looks like, that stuff does not have to define your life. And if at any point tonight you feel like something is speaking to you, that is 100% the Holy Spirit speaking to you through me, okay? So receive that, and let's work through this together. This topic is so complex. Like, we are barely scratching the, the surface on this topic in the amount of time that I have here with you guys today. And so I know that I'm not here to solve every problem and to solve everything that you've ever walked through. I'm not here to diagnose you with anything, but I am here to remind you that there is hope in all of this. Okay? So let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to share your word, to bring your life, your hope, your healing, your freedom to every person in here tonight. I believe that you have a word. You have, you have something for every single person in here this evening. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. So where do we start? Well, As a mental health counselor, where I typically start with my clients is we work through a biopsychosocial assessment. And and I'm going to, there's a slide that's going to pop up here for a second. And it's super complex. There's a lot going on here. But basically what this means is it's a breakdown of your biological health, your psychological, as well as your social and environmental. And this gives me a lot of information about the client and where they're at and what experiences have influenced the person that they are today. And and this mental health model is considered a holistic approach. And the first time that I ever heard that, I don't know, it sounded kind of witchcrafty to me and I was like, I'm too saved for this. I don't know what that means. But but really at the core, holistic truly means that we are focusing treatment on the whole person. We're taking into account all of these, the mental factors, the social factors, rather than just symptom of a disease. So clearly, based on this, there are a lot of things that influence our mental health. And while there's a lot of areas that contribute to that, until you identify the core of what is truly going on, we're only looking at symptoms. And we're going to get back to this trinity of mental health in a little bit. But in the meantime, I want us to focus on another trinity. The most important trinity we know is that God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And if you did not know that, you can pack up and go because you clearly know everything that you need to know about the Bible and Christianity at this point. So you guys can, I'm kidding, okay? Tough crowd, I'm not, I'm kidding. Um, No, but, but God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So what does that mean for us? So, 
I have an answer for you. First Thessalonians 5.23, and while it's saying a lot in here, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, here's the piece that I want you to get. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So this here tells us that we are a spirit, a soul, and a body. I know, that is like, what does that even mean? So our spirit which along with our soul, that is what goes to heaven. That is where we spend eternity, our spirit, right? Our soul is where our mind, our will, and our emotions are chilling out. And then our body is our physical body. So bringing back to our holistic approach, we need to focus on everything. While psychology and science will say, you need more than just medication. You need more than just a counselor. You need the entire system in order to find healing. And the Bible tells us the same thing. We need to address our spirit, our soul, and our body, which is our spiritual health, our mental health, and our physical health. So that's the route that I'm going to take with you guys tonight. We're going to address those three areas of health in order to be the best version of ourselves. So we're going to start with our spiritual health. I recognize that when you hear that, at times in the Christian community, you probably feel like, oh, people have told me if I just pray this away, I'm going to be good. And people that are walking through mental health are probably like, you're the worst because that's not exactly how things go for me. And I get that, but at the same time, we cannot minimize the importance of prayer in our walk as Christians. And we cannot minimize the importance of our spiritual health when we are discussing mental health, because those things all work together to be the best whole version of ourselves. Spiritual health is foundational. It is the filter. Spiritual health, spiritual health is the filter that you run your values, your beliefs, your purpose, your motivation. It is what you run all of that stuff through. So even when I'm talking with my clients that I I work in a very worldly, it is a non-faith based environment, but even when I am talking with my own clients, if they don't have a value and belief system, or if they don't have motivators or a purpose for living, there is no motivation to find healing. There is no motivation to make a positive choice. So that is why we have to bring back the spiritual health. You need that in order to be motivated, in order to have a purpose, a purpose-driven life. So for us as Christ followers, our spiritual health is directly related to our faith. James 2.17 says, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. What does that look like? Well, I loved Pastor Hal's example when we first started the Ruth series. He had talked about his phone being dead. He'd woken up, the phone was drained, and that is so perfect because it was so close to the source, right? But not being fully connected to the source over time will leave you drained or dead. That is truth. That is truth. Faith without intentional action is dead. So when we're seeking support in the area of mental health, you guys, I need you to hear me in this because if you're not first going to God, you are blindly accepting the influence from everything else around you. And you know that there is some crazy stuff out there. The world of psychology without the discernment from God is is a slippery slope, and you can find that on YouTube or anywhere else that you look. 
But when prayer is paired with counseling or paired with medication or paired with outside professionals to give you some other understanding of what's going on in your life, you are inviting Christ and his power into your life, and that's where the hope for healing comes from. And I, and I speak from that, from my own experience. Back in December, I had hit a really, really rough patch, and as a mental health professional, you're like, how do you hit a rough patch? You've got all of the tools in the box. Well, I, I don't. Let me tell you guys that. So in December, I hit rock bottom. I was super helpless. I went to my husband, and I said, hey, I made an appointment with a psychiatrist. I need to go talk to someone. So after an hour of talking with the psychiatrist, she gave me this like off-the-wall diagnosis. You guys, I was like, what is happening right now? She wrote me a script. She said, you need to go get the script if you want help. She said, the main side effect is a cancerous rash, but it's benign, so don't worry about it. If that happens, you're going to be fine, but you need to keep taking this medication. And I'm like, hold on, hold on. So no, I did not receive that diagnosis. I did not start taking that medication, but with prayer and the discernment from God, I have been able to get to the core of what's really going on in my life. Um, I have found doctors and counselors and medications and things that truly help me. So some other biblical examples, this is our Spark Notes translation of like what God talks about as far as putting your work into action taking those steps that God is calling us to take in order to make sure that we are fueled the way that we need to be spiritually, he says. Rejoice, prayer, giving thanks to God in all of our circumstances, attending services, connecting with people, forgiving the person that God has put on your heart to forgive, trusting God with your finances and tithing. And I know that these things sound simple and you might be showing up in some of those areas, but are you putting your faith into action in those areas of your life and are you showing up the way that you know that you need to in each of those areas. You have the power to choose what fuels you spiritually. That's our first takeaway for the night. You have that power. And I can't tell if you're showing up the way that you need to be. That's between you and God. But I can say for me, I know that I'm beginning to get drained spiritually based on how I respond to my husband based on how I respond to the person that cut me off while I'm driving, based on how I respond to my clients, based on what I turn to in my emotional moments, based on where my thoughts go, I know what's fueling me spiritually and if I'm drained or not, and if I need to turn to one of those things. So spiritual health is foundational, and you have the power to choose that. So now let's talk a little bit about our physical health and where that comes into play. Our physical health can help or hinder our mental health. What does that look like? Things like going outside, things like eating the things that you need to, good nutrients, sleep. Those things are all proven to help decrease feelings of anxiousness, irritability, anxiety, while on the flip side, when we are isolated and not going outside. And I'm not saying you need to go out and run a marathon, but like if you're not getting up and moving around and you're sitting in your house playing video games all day, you're not getting the things that you need. High processed food diets. I know that this probably really sucks to hear, but coffee is on the list, you guys. Um, Hormone imbalances, lack of sleep, all of those things negatively impact our physical health and in turn enhance those feelings of depression, anxiety, irritability, So, spiritual, physical, 
Let's talk about our mental. So let's get that biopsychosocial back up there really quick so we can take a look at that. And there may be some things on here that you see that may relate to you. And while these areas do impact one another, we can look at a couple of examples here. So in our social and environmental, that can be things like trauma from your past. Um, and then that turns into addiction and negative behaviors. Like these things begin to influence one another. Um, your belief system, like your parents got divorced and so now you can't trust anyone. Um, things like your emotions, okay? You're, you're up all night, you can't sleep because anxiety and depression are really bringing you down and now you've got insomnia. So all of these things begin to work together and create patterns. And, and maybe there's a mixture of things on that list that you relate to. And while we can't control what always happens to us and we can't always control the hand that we're dealt, you do have the control of how you respond to those things. So you can identify your symptoms. Hear me. You can identify your symptoms without identifying with your symptoms. And there's a difference between that. And so while these things on this list, they might relate to you and they may be a piece of your story, they do not define who you are or whose you are, okay? So your circumstances, your past, your diagnoses, those things are not your identity. I told you guys I was going to drive that home, so keep listening. Um, and some of you might be thinking, but you don't understand, Kelsey. You don't understand what goes on in my brain and what I go through. And you're right, because I'm not living your life. But based on my experiences, what I can tell you is that I know that sometimes we've been stuck in some of these patterns for so long that we begin to choose that rather than stepping out of those patterns because that's what's comfortable. I also know how empowering it is to look at the people that have hurt me, the diagnoses that I've been given. I know how empowering it is to look at those things and go, that's not where my identity lies. Those are a negative thought in a moment or an emotion that I'm going to work through or that's something from my past. It's not a current it's not a current definition of who I am. It doesn't define my entire story. It is just that, a current thought, an emotion, something that I walked through. And I will no longer give those things more power over my life and more of a space in my brain than I do my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because that's who needs to be taking up all of that extra space in my brain. Where is the hope of truly finding healing without action? Are you finding comfort in your diagnosis or in your emotions or in your thoughts? Or are you taking the steps that you need to to do something about it? And I'm not saying, you guys, I'm not saying that you have to get up and pretend that everything's fine. I know that sometimes we do that. Mental health struggles are real, but they don't have to run our lives. You guys can take the power back because tonight we are done glorifying and elevating our symptoms above our savior. And I can admit to you guys 100% that my faith has not always been where it is today. And there's even times that I am crying out to God asking if he's even there. Um, I shared with you guys a little bit on the front end. Six years ago, I was literally praying that I wasn't going to wake up. That was my prayer to God at night. And the toxic relationship that I was in was a symptom 
but the attack on my identity and the belief that I wasn't good enough was the core issue. And I know that there are symptoms in my life, there are situations in my life that have influenced who I am today, and so because of that, I have to know my triggers. It is so important, you guys, to recognize what triggers us. I have to be on guard against the people, the places, the thoughts, the feelings, the behaviors that I know only take me back to that dark space that I've come so far from. I don't believe that that means you always have to cut off every single person from your past and things like that, but I do believe that means you must always have a plan to guard yourself from falling further into some of those traps that are trying to pull you back. So you always have to have a plan of attack. And with that, I have a few techniques that I like to use, and these are for like super triggering moments for me. The first thing that I use um, with myself, my clients, it's called reality-based thinking. And so you can use this in moments where you're really anxious, you've got negative thoughts that are coming up, low self-esteem, like things about yourself, things about your situation. And you truly ask yourself in that moment, what evidence do I have that this thought is true? Truly, did I create this narrative Or did someone begin to speak this over my life a long time ago, and so now I've grown to believe this narrative about myself? Because the chances are, if you truly follow those thoughts and where they're going and where they're coming from, they are not true. Another route that I like to take is asking yourself, what is one thing that I can do today? In the daily battle of feeling like I'm so hopeless or... I'm so sad. There are, there are truly moments that those thoughts and those feelings can force you to not even get out of bed in the morning. Like, that is so real, and I relate to you if you've felt that. And so maybe you can't do every single thing that you want to do that day, but can you do one thing? Remind yourself of what your goal is. Is it finding healing? Is it succeeding in school? Is it your job? Like, what is one motivator that you have, and what is one thing that you can do that day that's going to take you just one step closer in that direction of where you want to go? Can you take a shower? Can you take a walk outside? Something. Splash some water on your face. Do like a facial cleanse. Something. And while you may not be able to wake up tomorrow and get rid of every negative thought, kick every bad habit, just take one step one step. We need to feel and accept the thoughts and feelings that go through our brain, but we don't need to let them run our lives. So maybe try putting your phone down an hour earlier if your phone is like a serious trigger for you, or maybe don't look at your ex's page as much tomorrow or this evening when you leave here, or not entertaining that one thought all the way down until it takes you to that dark place. Maybe don't pour that extra glass of wine. Or maybe you've realized, maybe you're in a spot of realizing there's something more going on, and and that one step needs to be asking for extra help and finding a mental health professional that can help you in some kind of way. I don't know where you were at with God or your mental health when you walked in here this evening, you guys, but I do know that every single one of you is in here tonight because you have made it through 100% of the days that you thought you wouldn't. And that means something. That means something. And so recognize that as progress. 
We are not chasing perfection, and maybe some of us are recovering perfectionists, and that's fine too, but we are chasing progress. And I'm going to be super transparent with you guys in this moment, like I haven't already been transparent with you guys about my life, but a few months ago, um, I was in a really rough space. This was around the time that I was telling my husband, Tyler, that I was going to go see the psychiatrist, and after a few weeks of battling just some really dark thoughts, um, I went to him and I was really, I was really terrified because I had to tell him that I had taken some money out of our account and I had to tell him the choices that I was going to make with the money that I had taken out of our account. And he looked at me in that moment and he said, babe, I'm so sorry that you felt like you had to walk through this by yourself. And I think that maybe God is speaking some of that to you guys right now. And he's trying to tell you, you don't have to walk through this by yourself anymore. Come to me. Surrender what's going on. Leave it at my feet. And I will show you your next step. And sometimes in my own struggles and my own stress of daily life, I have to be reminded of who God says he is in my life. And so we're going to do a little something right now. It's not scary, I promise. But I want to create a moment for you guys to step out in faith, to put your faith into works boldly and ask God for what it is that you need. Who do you need God to be in your life right now? So I have a slide of some reminders that are all throughout the Bible. And of course, there's more because God is a lot of things. But here are the ones that stuck out to me. Reminders of who God says he is. First John 4, 16 says, God is love. Isaiah 41, 10 reminds us that God is strength. Psalm 147, 3 reminds us that he's our healer. Ephesians 4, 6 reminds us that he's a father. 1 John 1, 5 reminds us that he's a light. Joshua 1, 9 reminds us that he is with us. Isaiah 9, 6 reminds us that he's our counselor. John 14, 6 reminds us that he's the way. He's our guide. Malachi 3, 6 reminds us that he's unchanging. And John 15, 14 says that he's our friend. And so in this moment... Take a look at these because I'm going to read through them again, but I want you guys to look at these and let it sink in. What is resonating with you in this moment? Who do you need God to remind you that he is in your life tonight? And I'm going to ask that when I read through these again, you're going to boldly stand up in your faith and God's going to meet you right where you are. You're going to surrender your situation and your circumstances to him. So let it sink in, and we're going to do this together. You don't want to be the only person stand, sitting at the end because we're going to stay standing, okay? Because everybody needs God for a little something. So if you need love tonight, if you're recognizing that you're seeking love in all the wrong places and you need his patience and his kindness, I want you to stand. If you're treading water and you're feeling like you can't keep your head up and you need God to remind you that he is strength, I want you to stand. 
And if you're feeling the pain from your past and maybe the pain that you're currently walking through and you just want God to remind you that he's going to heal you through this, I want you to stand if you need God to be a healer. And maybe you're remembering that you didn't have a good father or parent in your life and so you just need him to wrap you in his arms and remind you that he is a good father. I want you to stand. If your world is dark and everything feels heavy and you just want God to shine some light, I want you to stand. If you need God to be a light, if you need to be reminded that he is with you because you are just feeling alone, I want you to stand. If you're recognizing, I have some mental health stuff going on and I just need God to be my counselor, I want you to stand. And if you're lost and you feel like you are the furthest from God right now and you just need him to redirect your path and be the guide and be the way, I want you to stand. And if your world is chaotic, as this world is, and you need him to remind you that he is unchanging, he is the same today as he was yesterday, as he was a thousand years ago, as he will be tomorrow and the day after that, I want you to stand. And if you're just not surrounded by the best people and you just need him to sit with you and just be a friend, I want you to stand. And in this moment, I want you guys to look around because like I said in the beginning, you are not alone in any of this. And so this is your reminder of that. Amen. Amen. This is powerful, you guys. This is powerful. This is big. And I'm truly believing that he is going to meet you here. I want you to stay standing for just another moment because I'm going to pray. And in this moment, I want you to to take this in, take this moment in. While God is meeting you right where you are, I'm going to pray over all of you guys, okay? Father, thank you so much for every person that is here, for every person that wanted to be here. Father, thank you for meeting every single person in here where they are at. They are calling for you. They are calling for you to meet them here. They are standing here boldly, putting their faith to work like you asked, Father. And I am asking that you meet them here, that you are, you know everything that they have laid before you, Father, and that you would bring healing and change in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen.